Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. And I am your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. It's good to be back, guys. It's been a rough, rough couple of days. Um, Those of you that live in the free state of Florida, obviously know what I'm talking about. If you live in other parts of the country, or other parts of the world, you probably know what I'm talking about, right? We just had a freaking hurricane blow through the state. Um, And uh, without getting into too much detail, I live in the center of the state between Tampa and Orlando. And, uh, yeah, Wednesday night was pretty rough. It's pretty rough. We we were fortunate to, uh, to not lose power. A lot of people... A lot of people in the state, a lot of people in this area lost power and, and still haven't gotten it back um, or just got it back. Um, so we were very fortunate. But unfortunately, we had lost uh, cable and internet, thus the reason why I was not able to do a show. Obviously, I wasn't going to do one Wednesday. Wife, you know, we were both off from work, you know, shit was hitting the fan. She, You know, we were both kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? Worried about the kids, worried about ourselves, worried about the house. Um, so, you know, what What else do you do during a hurricane in Florida? Florida people out there, raise your hands. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? What do we do? We drink. So I made her a big-ass pitcher of, of uh, sangria. Made me a hurricane, you know, because, <laughs> right? It's a hurricane. So, you know, what do you do during a hurricane, right? Yeah right so i made a uh made a uh big old hurricane um and i didn't measure it to spec i uh detom measured it so to speak two ounces of this and two ounces of that it's kind of that's not much so you know four ounces of four ounces and whatever anyway didn't really quite settle the nerves like i had hoped so had to break out the whiskey on that one Drank a couple of uh, old fashions, cranked up some bourbon. Um, easiest way to sleep, I figure. If if God was calling me home, it wouldn't have mattered. 
So there's no sense of being nervous about it, right? But um, before I get into today's show, I also want to remind you of our new sponsor, uh, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout, and you get 30% off your purchase price. 30% off promo code DTOM at checkout. Check them out. Just got my watch last week. Obviously, I've been on here to talk about it, but it's uh, pretty nice. Uh, hopefully, if I do any more um, live shows on Facebook or whatnot, I'll be able to sport it to you. You can see it and be jealous of me. But you don't have to be jealous because you can go to ChristianLawson.com and get your own. Don't forget, it, it's October, and um, Christmas is right around the corner. I mean, it doesn't seem like it is, but it is. And, um, and uh, you know, now is the best time to start buying stuff while, before it gets crazy. I'm sorry, I got a text message I was reading. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, um, I just want to, you know, just make sure you check them out and uh, check out our other sponsors, uh, Makers Mark Bourbon and uh, Redcon One, right? All right, so the hurricane was quite the pain in the ass. Uh, like I said, fortunately for, for my family, whether it's us here at our house, my son, his wife, my daughter, her husband, my other daughter, her husband, and my other son, um, all pretty much made it through, no bubbles, no troubles. We lost a fence. No big deal. Fence was crap anyway. Um, son, all the kids lost power at their home for a couple of days. Other than that, really no major damage at any of at, at our immediate family's house. So, you know, thank God for that. Um, unfortunately, people in Florida uh, suffered. I mean, I, if you've seen the pictures out of Fort Myers and Sanibel and that area down there, it got qualified. I mean, it's... I, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, because initially, well, initially, you know, the early projections had it going in, into uh, Pensacola because, or not Pensacola, but up in the Big Bend area where Tallahassee is. And, of course, that was the conspiracy theory that was going around at the time, and I talked about it on the show, was um, the there's a, a federal prison in that vicinity where they had just transported uh, Ghislaine Maxwell to. And, of course, that's the thing. Oh, they're going to get, you know, the hurricane's going to get Ghislaine. Okay, uh-huh, whatever. But uh, the thing about a hurricane is you never really know where it's going it, to... I mean, granted, you ha you can get an idea. It's not quite like a tornado that just kind of pops up. But for the longest time, once it kind of got to Cuba and was making its descent on Florida, a lot of forecast was that it was going to come into the Tampa Bay area. And seeing the devastation that it did down in the Fort Myers area, if it had gone into Tampa, I can't even imagine what that would have looked like, you know, cause it, it demolished. I mean, Fort Myers, that area is, it's going to be a while. Now I remember a couple years ago, uh, the hurricane that hit, I can't recall the name of the hurricane, but hit up there in, in the panhandle. And I want to say it landed on Mexico beach. I want to say is the name of the, the area. It's just a small beach in Florida and it leveled that town. And, and that was a couple years ago. I don't even know that that town even exists anymore, but, um, they're no joke. Now, 
we'll get into this here in a little bit on situations that could have happened, should have happened, didn't happen. And um, I, I don't know how to say this, but you're, of course, you know, in the straight, in the pure hatred of, you know, double Ronnie, double D DeSantis, there's all the haters, there's all the naysayers, you know, you didn't warn people, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And I saw a clip and I, I don't have that clip. So I'm just going to, I'm going to just give you the, the basics, the, what was said that the reporter asked him, um, you know, how come or you, do you stand by Lee County is the area? Or do you stand by their, uh, not doing evacuations early enough and so on and so forth. And, and he told this reporter, I don't know who she was with. Um, well, where were you at? Where were you, where was your company located at? Well, everyone went to Tampa, like the big thing around here. And I don't know how it is where you live, but in Florida, it's like when there's something like this that happens, it's like, where's Jim Cantori, you know, the weather channel guy, where's he at, wherever he's at, shit's about to hit the fan. You know, it's kind of like the running joke. And he was in Clearwater, and then he was in St. Pete, and he was, you know, so the bulk of the experts knew it was going to hit in that area, and that's where they all were, to the point that's even where Biden called the the mayor of Tampa, St. Pete, and uh, Clearwater, and we'll get into that here in a second also, but um, the storm wasn't fast moving. It wasn't like... Key West, oh shit, it's hitting Florida. You know what I'm saying? It took a minute to get to where it was going. People had time to evacuate. And, and here's what you have to understand. Is most people in this country, most people in a lot of countries, have the the thought process that that's never going to happen to me. You know what I'm saying? And, and it is what it is. Whether it's right or wrong, that's the argument for another day. Um... I can't say that I, number one, I, I would want to believe that I would probably never want to live in, in, on the beach. Like I wouldn't mind having a, like if I had the money, you know, have a condo on the beach and, you know, of course, if you had the money to have the, the hurricane shutters, the storm shutters, whatever. Um, but you kind of, you're kind of asking, not asking for it. I don't want to say that's a bad phrase, but you kind of should know what you're getting into when you make that kind of purchase. Let's put it that way. Now, mind you, there are people that live in Fort Myers that just live in Fort Myers. You know, they're not rich millionaires or whatever, and they have high-rise condos and mansions. They just work at Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, and, you know, I'm just they're just regular Joe Schmoes like everyone else, right? Um, could those people just up and evacuate? It's easy to say, well, they should have evacuated. They should have evacuated. They had plenty of time. It's That's easier said than done because you know what it takes to evacuate? It takes money, okay? What if you don't have a car? What if you live in Fort Myers? Fort Myers isn't a tremendously huge town, but it's a relatively big town. So, like I said, guarantee you, I don't know what the population is, but guarantee you have a chunk of people that live there that work at convenience stores and work at fast food restaurants and work at regular restaurants and just work at Walmart and Target and, you know, whatever. Work at Publix. Work at your local grocery store. Just regular Joe Schmoes. Just that don't necessarily have the money or the means to up and go somewhere. Yeah, you could sit there and say, well, you know, Richie Rich with the Bentley and the, and the mansion, 
that's whatever. They get what they deserve. They, they could have done whatever. They could have done this, that, and everything. Okay, cool, whatever. But I'm not talking about those people. Most of those people did leave. You can't sit there and demigrate however many people probably died because we don't even know that total yet because they have no idea the place is a wreck. But you can't sit there and say the things that people say. Well, they had time to evacuate. Technically, they did. Yes, you're right. But it takes money to evacuate. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to stay? What if you don't have gas money to do that? What if you live paycheck to paycheck and you only make three, four hundred bucks a week? Right? And rent's due because this just happened at the end of the month. Right? What if you're thinking, I really don't have the money. I got to pay rent. Rent's coming up. I can't just haul ass to the other side of the state. So I think people need to be a little bit more cautious in their tones when they're blaming people for dying or almost dying because they didn't evacuate. Think about it. Put yourself in those, in your, in those shoes. If someone came knocking on your door and said, you have to get out of here within the next 36 hours or you could possibly die. There's still uncertainty as to whether or not that's going to happen. Okay, so let me let me paint a picture for you. You're, you know, Bob Johnson. You work full-time Circle K overnights. You're making whatever, 10 bucks an hour. Okay? It's not a lot of money. Okay? Now, let's just assume Bob Johnson's married or has a girlfriend, right? And she works full-time at McDonald's. And she's making 10 bucks an hour. I'm just throwing numbers out there. I don't know anybody like this. I'm just giving you an idea. There are people like this. This, this, this. These people exist. I'm not making them up. I mean, Bob Johnson and whatever, whatever. But I'm talking about the idea of people that do these jobs. They exist. These stores don't just magically run by themselves. So Bob Johnson, full-time, Circle K, 40 bucks or um, 10 bucks an hour, 40 hours a week, 400 bucks a week is what he's making. His wife or girlfriend's working at McDonald's, making the same amount of money. Okay, they have an apartment that they're renting and rent's not cheap anywhere anymore. I can't imagine what rent would be like in Fort Myers, but they're paying rent. Let's say it's a thousand dollars a month. Electric cable, if they have it, cell phones, whatever. This happened on this, what, 28th? Rent's due in a couple of days. You see what I'm saying? You kind of understand where I'm going with? Let's say... They said, oh, shit, Susie, we got to bounce. This hurricane's going to come. They're telling us we got 24, 36 hours to get out of town. We, we're just going to have to go. We're going to have to spend the rent money and get a hotel in, uh, you know, Cocoa Beach on the other side of the state. We just got to have to do it. Okay, so they do. They leave. Guess what? Hurricane doesn't hit. It goes north. It goes south. It goes whatever. Now, the landlord, first of the month, <laughs> We need our $1,000 rent. Oh, well, we had to evacuate. Well, the hurricane didn't come here. Yeah, but we were told to evacuate. I, whatever. I need the rent. It's $1,000. Well, we just spent $400 to drive to the other side of the state to stay at a hotel. That's, that's where you have to have a little bit of sensitivity for certain people that didn't evacuate. Now, unfortunately, we'll never know what those people were thinking because guess what? Some of those people died. Okay. So we really should not pass judgment on people 
that just don't have the means to evacuate. Don't sit there and say, well, they could have gotten help. They could have gotten this. They could have gotten that. You don't know what is going on in their lives. You don't know that. Okay? You People that pay their bills and work at a shitty job, and I'm no offense to people that work at, in convenience stores or fast food restaurants. I'm not saying that. You have to take care of yourself. You have to pay the rent. You have to pay the electric bill. You got to pay these bills. What if those people evacuate it and then, oops, the storm didn't hit? Okay, that's what the problem is. Blame the millionaires for not evacuating, whatever. Those, you know, there are, I'm not saying there were no people that evacuated that couldn't evacuate, but there's a lot of people. I would be willing to bet however many people end up dying in this whole situation, especially in that area. I guarantee you that the majority of those people that died were minimum wage type workers that had no means to evacuate. It's like the state. And I'm not even saying Florida. This isn't a Ron DeSantis, Florida thing. It happens in Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Texas, right? South Carolina, North Carolina, whatever. It's not like, oh shit, the hurricane's coming. Anybody in the Fort Myers area that wants to evacuate, here's $1,000. It doesn't work like that. Now, maybe on the backside, down the road, they could have applied for some help and gotten some help. But you know what? The landlord's still going to want his fucking money. He don't give a shit. That, unfortunately, that's the world we live in, but that's the truth of it. And then the thing that pisses me off, you had the other day on The View of, you know, you had Joe, what's her name, Joy Behart, say uh, something to the effect of uh, essentially blaming us or blaming DeSantis because he doesn't believe in <laughs> in uh, climate, uh, what is it called, uh, global warming or whatever, right? Um. So now it's his fault that this happened, right? Get a get a fucking clue, Joy. You can't sit. You're gonna sit there and blame. It's 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 astonishing how these people push the blame on. Now, what if the hurricane hit wherever her fancy house is? I'm assuming in L.A. Whose fault would that be? Would that be slick back, greasy hair, Gavin Newsom, or would it be Ron DeSantis? Because we don't believe in climate control. Because you want to trust the science. Look at a fucking book. You can understand that. There was ice ages. There was warming trends. There was cooling trends. It happens. It's called the cycle of the of the earth. So, anyway. So, the kicker of this all is, everyone listening to this that's of some age probably remembers Katrina. Um, so, Katrina was what? 2010, I think? Um, 2005, I'm sorry. So, um... They're saying that this storm is worse than Katrina. So in Florida, back in 04, we had three storms hit this state. And in the area where I live in Florida, all three of those storms crossed this area. It's like they were looking for me. So you had Charlie, I don't remember the names. But Charlie is an interesting storm because it, the path of Ian... And uh, Charlie were very similar. Not exactly the same, but very similar. They kind of entered at about the same point in Florida, exited a little bit different, but they crossed in a uh, northeastern trend across the state. 
But <laughs> they were showing pictures of, of Charlie versus Ian. And I remember, Charlie, how, how devastating that was. And I think it was a Category 3. The size of Charlie, the whole size of that hurricane from end to end, would fit in the eye of, of Ian. That's how massive a storm this was. That's how in Fort Myers, which is a couple hundred miles from where I live, we could feel the winds. And then, of course, as it got closer to us and passed over us, we could definitely feel the winds. Um, and this thing was so strong that if you're familiar with the state of Florida, from where Fort Myers and Tampa, how far apart they are, the storm turns kind of like uh, counterclockwise. So whereas everyone was worried about the storm surge in Tampa, it actually had an opposite effect because the winds were blowing around then blowing from the north down south, so it actually pushed all the water out of the bay. It's quite a sight to see. Not all the water was in like a bottomless pit, but it, a lot of the the shoreline had uh, receded, I don't know, 20 feet. So um, that's just how massive this storm was. And, um, you know, so is this was this storm worse than Katrina? It appears that we just witnessed the most costly natural disaster in U.S. history by a wide margin. You know, you know, I don't know if I have the words to describe what I just seen, what you know, what we've been through. Summer just ended, which hurricane season runs till uh, the end of October, or is, yeah, I think it's the end of October. Um, and now we're we've just witnessed one of the most most costly natural disaster in entire history of the United States. There are some areas along the west coast of Florida that have literally been destroyed. Some have compared the devastation to the dropping of an atomic bomb, and that's not quite exaggeration at all. The state of Florida has never experienced a storm quite like this before, and recovery is going to be measured in years. When Katrina hit New Orleans in 05, it was a Category 3. Hurricane Ian had maximum sustained wind speeds of 155 miles an hour. That's two miles per hour short of being a Category 5. Think about it. Sustained winds. Now, those aren't gusts. Those are sustained winds. 155 miles an hour when it hit. And it was a Category 3 all the way up to where I live as it passed this way. That is a hell of a storm. And you know it had some balls to it because it made it to the other side of the state the long way and entered the Atlantic as a Category 1 and hit South Carolina, I think, as a 1 or a 2. That's a strong storm. And like I said before, it was massive in size. So what made Ian so horrible was the storm surge. Giant walls of water picked up cars, boats, telephone poles, palm trees, tossed them around like they were toys. According to Florida Governor Ronnie Double D. DeSantis, we just witnessed a 500-year flooding event. The storm greatly strengthened, um, yeah, right before it made landfall. And a lot of people were caught off guard. See, the problem when you have uh, these weather people, when it crossed Cuba, if I'm not mistaken, it was around a 2. They said it was going to strengthen to a 4, but then die down a little bit to a three before it hit landfall. It didn't. It kept strengthening. It was already too late 
when many finalize, finally realized that they should evacuate, and it appears that there was substantial loss of life. In fact, Lee County Sheriff Carmen Marciano says the fatalities are in the hundreds. Was he referring to just his county or the whole state? Um, I would venture to guess it's probably his county. I suppose that we shouldn't be surprised that looting is happening. And, and that's another thing. I'm sorry. Like, I slept with a gun. You know, so, like, this is what happens. In, in my house, it's me and my wife. We, we have a decent-sized house, and every room has windows except for our family room. So you have the living room, dining room, kitchen, the bedrooms, the, ba- the, the main bathroom, all have windows. So we, whenever we have hurricanes, we stay in the family room. So she feels safe. Okay, whatever. Bet your ass I slept with a gun. Um, because of, of shit like this. Every time <laughs> there is some sort of major disaster, this is what some of us do. And, and not some of us. Like I, I can't imagine anyone listening to the show would do something like this. But it's crazy. It's, it's, it's literally, it's, and, and it's not even, I don't even necessarily sleep with a gun for my protection. Where I live, there's some older people in this neighborhood. I'll protect them if I have to. You know, you're we're put here to protect those that can't protect themselves. All right. This is the time when everyone should be pulling together. According to one estimate, the economic damage from the storm could be somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred and sixty billion dollars prior to hurricane ian the costliest natural disaster in u.s history was hurricane katrina according to geo katina katrina caused 170 billion now i wonder if you put that in for inflation might be about the same i don't know (laughs) so at any rate i think the thing is this you we had a, a disaster, and it happens everywhere in this country. Not necessarily hurricanes, but you have fires in California. You have uh, winter situations in the north. You have tornadoes. You have earthquakes. You have whatever. Natural disease. These are things you can't control, right? You can't. You can sit there and blame global warming. You can do all these stupid things, but we have one of the most petty presidents in this country in in our history and then you have this this was the other day uh he was giving a speech about um lowering health care costs which was a joke in itself but um someone asked him about the hurricane and whatnot and this is what he has to say but before turning the topic i want to discuss today i hope you'll indulge me i want to talk a little bit about the people to crisis people are facing in Florida right now. Hurricane Ian uh, made landfall in Cuba this morning as a Category 3 storm. Florida is now preparing for the, the hurricane to make landfall. Forecasts can change, but for now, the experts say this could be a very severe hurricane, life-threatening and devastating its impact. So I want to be clear about two main messages. First, my administration is on alert and in action to help the people of Florida. I've approved Florida's request for emergency assistance immediately upon receiving it from the governor when they received it. And I directed my team to surge federal assistance there before the storm hit. 
FEMA has already deployed 700 personnel to Florida, and the governor has activated 5,000 state National Guard with another 2,000 guards coming from other states. Now, I'm going to interrupt him here for a second. The thing that kills me is he sounds like this is coming from the heart. This is, he's reading all this. If, you're watch, if you've ever seen this video, he's literally reading all this. He didn't do anything. The FEMA director actually is the one that activated all this stuff. FEMA is also proposing and prepositioning 3.5 million liters of water, 3.7 million liters, meals, liters and hundreds liters. of generators. I just spoke this morning with the areas that are likely to be hit, the mayors of Tampa, St. Pete's, and Clearwater. So I spoke to the, the leaders in, this, in the area that's more likely to be hit, Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater. All three of those mayors are Democrats. Okay? Did you talk to the governor? All of them. All of them are in the storm's path. No. And they're focused on the safety of their communities, and they're doing everything they can to get people out of harm's way. I told each one of them my conversation separately. Whatever they need, I mean this sincerely, whatever they need, contact me directly. And I've, they know how to do that. I have a lot of personnel down there already. We're here to support them in every way we can. But never talked to the governor. Because you talked to three mayors that weren't, I mean, I'm not saying Tampa and them didn't have some impact, but not like Fort Myers. Did you talk to the Fort Myers mayor? Did you talk to the sheriff in, in Lee County? Did you talk to the governor of our state? As Ian approaches. Uh, so I have not personally spoken with the president, but the FEMA has approved our pre-landfall request. Uh, we've had Gracia here uh, really from since the weekend. Uh, Gracia's been here. She's always around here. And so so we feel like we have a good relationship uh, with FEMA. Um, you know, I'm happy to, to, to brief the president if he's interested um, in hearing what we're doing in Florida. You know, my view on all this is like, you know, you got people's lives at stake. You got their property at stake. Uh, and we don't have time for pettiness. We got to work together to make sure we're doing the best job for them. So so my, my, phone, my phone line is open and we're happy. But we are we do appreciate the quick approval of the pre-landfall declaration now rumor has it now take it for what it's worth i saw it on twitter i saw it on tiktok i'm not saying this is fact but supposedly there was a conversation where biden wouldn't talk to uh, desantis unless to the point even and this is kind of like the ukraine situation where the uh fire the prosecutor you know not getting the billion dollars now like i said take it for what it's worth i i haven't been able to 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 fact check this on my own just something i saw but there was (laughs) the the report that i had read and granted it wasn't from like cnn or fox or abc or whatever it was uh a one of the new sites i kind of dance around just because it's kind of like back, not to get off on a tangent, but back when you were a kid and you'd look at the National Choir or the Star or whatever at the grocery store and you're like, oh, aliens. Uh. And then come to find out the shit was true, even to the point like in Men in Black, they actually made a joke about it. Oh, this is where all the real news is. And they grab a National Choir. Anyway, in this article, it said that when DeSantis phoned the White House, tried to get in touch with the president, that a message was relayed to DeSantis saying that Florida wasn't getting anything as long as the governor is uh, flying 
immigrants to, you know, wherever, Martha's Vineyard, wherever. So once again, assuming, let's assume that's a true story. There's another quid pro quo Joe situation where you're punishing millions of people that don't like you anyway, but whatever. To, and and the thing is, I, I don't even know. Like a lot of the stuff that that they're looking for is, it's not necessarily. I don't know. The thing that pisses me off is if that story's true. Okay. I saw on Twitter. Oh well, you know, if if DeSantis wasn't spending all this money flying people, immigrants to wherever, they wouldn't need the the money for for this. Okay, hmm. the story I just read you. $260 billion worth of damage. Okay, now granted, the state of Florida is not paying all of that. That's going to be insurance claims and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, what does a couple thousand dollars flying immigrants to wherever have to do with this? Not a damn thing. Okay, number one. And if it were up to me, I would... You know what, Joe? Fuck you. You don't want to help us? Fuck you. You know, and it turns into a pissing match, and it's all like he said, she said, I'm this and you're that, and whatever. But that just goes to show you what, you know, your quote unquote leader, you know, thinks of us. All right, so on to other news. I got a couple more things. And before I get into these things, I want to tell you a little story about a man named Jed, right? He's a poor mountaineer. He barely, barely could keep his family fed. No? That one's already been told. Okay, anyway. A um, couple things uh, coming up with the show in the next couple of weeks. Okay, so next week I'll be on vacation. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, well, it's not a vacation like it sounds like it's going to be a vacation. Um, I have three doctor's appointments. I have a little little bit of a surgery. Then I have an MRI, x-ray, on that's on Tuesdays the surgery Monday or Wednesdays the X-ray, MRI, and then Thursdays the if we're gonna have surgery from the MRI it's on my shoulder. Um, so we'll see. Um, the surgery on Tuesday is gonna limit my speaking ability. So the golden silky voice that you hear every day uh, might not be able to talk too well. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pre-record a couple of shows. One of um. The show I did recently was the Kazarian Mafia. And I told you I was was digging up more stuff on them. So I've got a series that I'm going to do. It's probably going to be at least two, probably three shows. And depending on how long-winded I get, because, you know, hi, I'm Don. It might be a four-part series. I'm going to try and get those recorded here in the next couple of days. And that's going to be your shows for next week. So what I like about doing these shows... And, and I don't want to give too much away about the research that I've done on certain entities. You'll have to subscribe to the show, number one, and you'll see. Um, is It gets away from this. Everyone's talking about the hurricane. Everyone's talking about the next couple stories I'm going to talk about. So it's nothing new. These, I like doing these because they're a little bit different. No one's talking about this stuff. But I don't want to get into that. You'll just have to check out the show. All right, 30 former FBI agents stand up for whistleblowers who exposed the FBI for targeting conservatives. (laughs) Earlier this month, a story broke um, that Representative Jim Jordan from Ohio heard 
from a whistleblower within the FBI who exposed agencies political God bless politicized investigations. Um, the allegations were shocking. With one being that the FBI took agents off of sex abuse and sex trafficking cases to investigate participates in the January 6th Stop the Steal rally. Well, you know, of course, because that's, that's the important stuff. The whistleblower claimed that the agency chose to deprioritize. De, de God, you know, deprioritize. De deprioritize sex crimes so they could investigate right-wing domestic terrorism. He also alleged that FBI agents um, been given directives from high-ranking officials were told to artificially inflate the number of right-wing domestic terrorism crimes occurring. Recently, it was revealed that the whistleblower is FBI agent Stephen Friend. Friend was suspended from the FBI for telling the truth about their corrupt and hyper-partisan nature. Today, third, uh, 30 ex-FBI agents, including one retired deputy assistant director and former head of counterterrorism, spoke out to support a friend. 30 former FBI agents, including retired deputy assistant director, head of counter, blah, blah, blah. Why do they repeat the same thing? Their heartfelt messages obtained uh, exclusively by the Post show deep and widespread anguish about the polit politicization of the FBI. Politi politization. Polit politization? I don't know. <laughs> it's time to stop the FBI from being the enforcer of the political party's ide ideology, says Ernie Tibbaldi. 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 A retired agent for San Francisco who need... Well, we need to uh, reestablish the FBI as a, as a apolitical, independent law enforcement entity that it always was. He expressed gratitude to Friend for having the courage to stand up to the corruption that has taken over the leadership of the FBI. Real quick. Now, you'll hear a lot of people, we need to defund the FBI. I, I, I'm sorry. Like I like listening to Bongino and some of these other podcasts. But you can't, and, and, and it really irks me about Bongino is this. Ex-Secret ex, um, Service, and trust me, he lets you know all about that, and that's fine. Thank you for your service. You can't sit there and say that we can't defund the police, but you want to defund the FBI. I say we don't defund either of them, but we re-establish the FBI. Right? This is a new thing. This whole politicization of the FBI is relatively new. There's a way to fix it. You know who the bad seeds are. Get rid of those people. If you want to defund the FBI, defund those people. I don't know exactly how many agents work for the FBI across this whole country, but I guarantee you the majority of them aren't bad people. There's literally, you know, what is it? A one bad apple spoils a whole bunch. Okay, one bad apple or a few bad seeds can spoil that bunch, but not the whole bunch. Many former agents hailed friend, a SWAT team member in Florida, as a hero 
after he was punished for refusing to participate in what he regarded as an unnecessarily heavy-handed SWAT raids over January 6 misdemeanors. We have no tolerance for competence or comments containing violence, racism, profanity, vul vulgarity, doxing, or discourteous behavior. If a comment is spam, instead of replying to it, please click the the V icon below to the right of that comment. Thank you for partnering with us to maintain fruitful conversation. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> but, um... Oh, I guess that's part of the thing. They don't want you to get up there and bash what their story was. Okay, sorry. Anyway, um, so essentially you have, there's been a couple of, of whistleblowers come out that have been named. Friend, uh, There's, I think there's two or three that have come out. Now they've been, well, this guy has been suspended. And it's, it's a big deal because there's supposed to be whistleblower protection for these people. And what happens is, is when you have someone like this come out and say these things, and then he or she is suspended or fired or whatever the case may be, you're not going to get anyone else to come out and say anything. Oh yeah, you have 30 ex-FBI people say, stand up for this guy and say whatever. Well, they're just going to come around and say, well, those 30 ex-FBI or disgruntled and this and that and they feel some sort of way and blah 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 and it's you need to go in number one you need to get rid of you need to cut the head off the snake and then probably chop the body up get rid of some of his his uh, second and third in charge because most of your issues have to do with leadership so defund the, pol the FBI fine defund them from the top get Patriots in there to run this organization. All right, what do we got next? Biden's cognitive state is putting the country in danger. So I'm sure, obviously, this isn't breaking news. You guys have heard about his recent situations, and obviously, we've been talking about this for a couple of years now. So the other day, press briefing erupts after. Uh, Kareem or whatever. Uh, real quick, I don't, I, not to steal stuff from other podcasts, but <laughs> if you ever listen to Jesse Kelly's podcast, he calls her Kareem Diversity Hire. And I think it's fucking hilarious because I'm sorry, but that's what she is. You have a black female lesbian. She checks a lot of boxes and she's dumb as a box of rocks. Anyway, so. You know, press briefing erupts after KJP asked about Joe Biden's cognitive ability. So, um, I don't want to say that I feel sorry for her, but real quick, this is him the other day. He was in, uh, I think he was in Pennsylvania or Indiana, wherever he was at, and uh, talking about whatever he was there for. And, and he's going on this and tangent so many here. of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here, for in, including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this. Okay, he's talking about uh, Jackie Wolarski, who died in a car accident in, back in August. So, did he forget she died? 
Was he being a smartass? Was, you know, like, okay, I'm going to play it again. I'm going to play it from the part where he asked about her. Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, was going to be here. So did he, was that on purpose? Is he, is he losing his mind? Is he being a dickhead? I, I probably believe he's losing his mind, but he named, what, four or five different people there? He didn't ask where they were. He picked on, said the one name and asked if she was there, knowing she's dead, or you know, should you know should know that she's dead. He didn't ask for the other ones if they were there. So, so uh, during the, uh, the, the press briefing, they asked her. What happened in the Hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. What, so, what happened? So the president was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. What was that? As you guys well aware. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be a, a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He uh, looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. No, I totally understand. I just, I just explained she was on top of mind. Uh, um, you know, it, it's almost like she doesn't even believe what she's saying. She, this wasn't what we were able to witness today and what the president was able to lift up uh, in this, uh, at this conference, at this event. She's lying. Was how her, uh, her focus on um, wanting to She's lying. She's lying. <laughs> She's lying badly. Um, the best part about that was after she says this, I don't have the clip on this, but this one reporter says, Kareen, I have John Lennon top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anywhere. That was from Newsmax reporter James Rosen. He goes, he goes on to say, when you sign a bill for John Lennon as president, then we can have a conversation. She hits back. These moments of confusion are happening. Americans are watching this and are concerned. What do you say to that? This is a legitimate question. We need to have some answers. Another reporter said as more reporters started shouting questions. The reporter said as a male reporter started asking questions, I'm sorry someone was yelling over. So maybe this is it here. Let me play this. Look. He was at an event, you all saw, you all watched, which is why you're asking the question, right, where he was calling out, again, uh, congressional leaders, uh, a bipartisan uh, leadership that we have seen on this particular issue. And uh, again, he's going to see her family in just two days. And uh, she was on top of mind. I mean, I don't. That is, <laughs> I mean, that is uh, that is not an unusual uh, unusual scenario there. Green, I have John Lennon okay. top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anywhere. 
when you sign a bill for John Lennon, Lennon as president, then we can have this conversation. Well, okay, go ahead. 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 I'm sorry. Somebody was yelling over you, so. Go ahead. The there are reports that the Treasury question. Secretary Yellen is looking to leave. It is not your turn to speak, and you're being rude to your colleagues, and let your colleague answer you the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I, you're yelling and over your colleague. So that is incredibly rude. Because you refuse so to you, answer the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. There are reports that Treasury Secretary Yellen is looking to leave the administration. Because of that. That's why she's yelling, you stupid. All right. On to other things. Real quick, in case you guys missed it, we were in the uh, point uh, where the government was about to shut down on Friday. If, if they didn't pass another spending bill, the government was going to shut down. So what did we do in our spending bill to get it go through? Well, we gave you know Ukraine another $1.1 billion. Why not, right? <laughs> on Wednesday, Joe Biden approved $1.1 million more military aid for Ukraine marking in uh marking the 22 such installment or 22nd such installment and uh, as the US is warning Russia against following through with annexation of four territories which ca uh, wrapped a 5-day referendum on joining the Russian Federa uh, Federation according to the White House press secretary the latest defense package consists of 18 I'm not going to go through all the crap a bunch of military gear the report continues, unlike the president, presidential drawdown authority, which pulls weapons directly from U.S. stockpiles, the latest security assistance package is authorized through Ukraine Security Alliance Initiative, which uses funds appropriated by Congress. In total, this brings the U.S. commitment to security assistance more than $16.2 billion since February, when the Russian invasion began. U.S. Press Secretary Kareem Diversity Hire, I'm going to steal that, I'm sorry, <laughs> said in announcing the fresh defense aid, we will not be deterred by supporting Ukraine. Meanwhile, the West in general is not is likely about to hit some significant practical limitations concerning the vow of not being deterred. As General as Dave DeRoches, an associate professor, senior military fellow at the U.S. Na uh, National Defense University, explained, I'm greatly concerned unless we have new production, which takes months to ramp up. We are not going to have the ability to supply Ukrainians. Europe is running low, too. The military stocks of most European NATO members, member states have been, I wouldn't say exhausted, but depleted in high pro uh, proportion because we have been providing, providing a lot of capacity to Ukrainians. Yeah, so, you know, we're just giving all the shit to them. So, um, when we talk, I mean, okay, the whole point of the Ukrainian situation is what? What is the basis of what's going on over there? Border security. We're giving them billions upon billions of dollars worth of money, equipment, whatever, to do what? Secure their borders. But when we... Once our border secured, we're racist. We hate uh, Mexicans or brown people or whatever. So what's the problem? 
Okay, so there's a girl I follow on the Ticker Talker. Uh Aha, TikTok, whatever. I get it. She is, what's her name? I think her her handle is the News Girl. Lisa Remillard. Remillard. And uh, she's obviously a news person. Um, And she does these little one, two-minute videos. And it's kind of like a brief news thing. So I'm going to play this for you and then talk on it on the backside. When Russian President Vladimir Putin signed a proclamation to annex nearly one-fifth of Ukraine. Annexing is a formal act where one government or country proclaims its sovereignty over another territory outside of its sort of normal established border. So in this case, Putin claimed these four provinces in Ukraine. So the four provinces are the Lenask, uh, Dantesk, uh, what's that other one? Kasseron and I can't read that other one. Let me get a little closer here. I'm blind. Old man problems, right? Zaporozhenia. Zaporozhenia. Anyway, it's the border, pretty much the whole border between of Ukraine to Russia, including Crimea. Are now part of Russia. Putin claims the people in these provinces overwhelmingly voted to leave Ukraine and join Russia. However, Ukraine and the rest of the world says that vote was a sham and that Ukrainian citizens were literally forced to vote, sometimes at gunpoint. Putin has said... Now, whether that's true or not, we obviously will never know the truth. But those particular areas are where most of the fighting has happened. And I have said since all this began back in February that the people in that area, maybe not 100% of the people... But a lot of the people in that area, that was part of your problem. That's where out. the Azov Battalion was stationed in Donetsk. And in that area was where a lot of your fighting, those people, I talked about this, were Russian-born. A lot of those people are Russian-born. I know, you, well, they're in Ukraine. How are they Russian-born? Because Ukraine is a relatively new country. Okay? Relatively speaking, it's a new country. There's plenty of people that live in that part of the Ukraine that are russian and they believe themselves to be Russian. Said any attack on these newly annexed territories is an attack on Russia, and he will defend his newly acquired territory with all the weapons at his disposal. To that, President Biden said this today. America and its allies are not going, let me emphasize, are not going to be intimidated, are not going to be intimidated by Putin and his reckless words and threats. Putin's actions are a sign he's struggling. Because of what Putin did today, the U.S. and our allies have said they will never recognize this annexation of Ukraine and have issued yet another massive sanctions package against Russia. The The funny thing is, is they said the same thing when he did this to Crimea and nothing has been done. The position of the United States and our allies is that Russia cannot just randomly start claiming territory of other countries because Putin feels like it. And if the world just ignores it because Ukraine isn't our problem, the thinking is it would send a message that annexation by force is okay and there are no consequences. And other countries might start doing the same. By the way, taking... Okay, so I'm going to interrupt her real quick. Um, here's why I have an issue with what she just said. <laughs> Let me back it up. Just a, just a hair. Real quick. We'll listen to that. Real quick. ...would send a message that annexation by force is okay and there are no consequences. And other countries might start doing the same. By the way... You mean like the United States? I mean, she's saying... Now, granted, a lot of this is going against the U.N. Council and the pact. I get it. 
the UN is once again relatively new uh, situation. What I mean by that is, I think I don't know exactly when the UN was established, but it's probably 70, 80 years old. Okay. So that's what I mean by it's relatively new. In the grand scheme of the world and the countries involved, it's relatively new. Okay. America was established with 13 colonies. That was your country. What did we do to gain the other, you know, 37 uh, states? We conquered those lands. Granted, there was no UN. There was no UN pact. I understand that. But the idea of how these United States became one was through dominating other nations. Now, not necessarily... Okay, yeah, we bought like the Louisiana Purchase. We bought from the French, and we bought this area from them, and we bought this from that, and we took this from that. But then the Indians populated most of this country west of the Mississippi. What did we do to those people? Crack a history book. Okay? Don't sit there and and give a righteous speech as to what Putin is doing as being wrong. I'm not saying what he's doing is right. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is don't sit there and preach that what he's doing is wrong. And if we allow this to happen, other countries do it. We do it. (laughs) China is about to do it. Other countries, England, other countries do it. But because we're some part of a special club, it's okay. But because Putin's not part of that club, it's not. I'm telling you, when this is all said and done... It's going to be an interesting story to tell if we're all alive to even hear the story. But I'm telling you right now, as God is my witness, there is more to this than what it seems. Taking territory by force is a direct violation of the United Nations Charter. To further the United States' support of Ukraine and to continue the fighting in the newly annexed region and throughout the country, the United States Congress today approved another $12 billion for military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine. Mine. Well, there you go. So I wish, you know, I just had money to hand out left and right to, you know, God and everybody else because it must be nice to just be able to do this. There's something going on here, folks, and that's going to lead me into the series that will be on next week. Um, so tune in Wednesday. It's going to be a regularly scheduled program. I'll talk about whatever. Friday. Friday might start the new series, um, and then it'll probably carry into the following week while I'm doing things, and hopefully I don't miss more than a week of shows. I'm not going to miss any because you're going to have your series. And um, we're going to continue on with the Kazarian Mafia, how this ties into what's going on in the Ukraine and Russia, and who all is involved. That'll be, it's like I said, it's going to be at least... Two shows, probably three, possibly four. So, guys, please subscribe to the show. Don't tread on America on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Please share this with your friends. Subscribe to the show. I can't can't tell you enough. Subscribe to the show. That way you get these updates. And I'm telling you right now, if you liked the Kazarian Mafia episode I did, if you liked the NWO show I did, if you like the Rothschilds, if you like the 13 Bloodlines, if you like those types of shows, that's what this is going to be like. So please 
subscribe to the show, follow the show, share the show. Check us out on social media, Don't Tread on America, on Facebook, Instagram, and on the Ticker Talker. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And uh, check us out on our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And please, guys, don't forget about our sponsors, ChristianLawson.com. Promo code DTOM at checkout, 30% off. Redcon1. T20 Cordimus, 20% off. And uh, Maker's Mark, I don't have anything for you other than drink some bourbon. All right, guys, other than that, it is October 3rd, 2022, and I am your host, Don Q. You guys have a great day, and I will see you on uh, Wednesday. Wednesday? Wednesday. We'll call it Wednesday. All right, peace out.